Welcome to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs from Steadfast Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we show high-level executives and business owners why comprehensive financial planning and executive bonus structures don't have to be too good to be true. Keith draws on his experience in realistic financial planning, and expert guests share his two cents about academically-based financial planning that you have to hear to believe. Now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. My name is Keith Beggs. I'm the founder and CEO of Steadfast Wealth Strategies and the host of the My Two Cents podcast. I know in our last episode, we kind of took a break from our business owner series, uh, but today we're back. We got a very exciting guest, Nick Dupree, on with us today. Nick is a owner and partner of Stanfield and Dupree PLLC out of the Woodlands. He is a board certified. He is board certified. Excuse me, in estate planning and probate. He concentrates in estate and tax planning, business planning and taxation, asset protection, real estate transactions, tax controversies, and intellectual property transactions. Nick earned his bachelor's of arts in political science from Trinity University. And in 2007, he earned his law degree from Texas A&M, where he graduated cum laude. He's a member of the Houston Business State Planning Council and the Disability and Elder Law Attorneys Association. In addition to being an attorney, and I know he works long hours, Nick and his wife, Adrian, have four children, uh, and they are members of the C3 Christ Community Church of Magnolia. This is something, Nick, I did not know about you. He's an accomplished pianist. Uh, and he regularly competes in marathons and other endurance events. So, Nick, we are excited to have you on. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I didn't know I did all those things. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to ask, have you play something for me next time I'm at your office. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I got, I got a piano scholarship to college and realized pianists don't make any money. So I had to find something different to do. You know, I, I went to college to be a, a sports broadcast journalist, and I realized that they don't start out with a whole lot of money. And I had, <laughs> no, I had to pivot, pivot as well. So, well, Nick, we got introduced through Sarah, who's actually going to be a guest of ours on this podcast in our next episode, when we started doing some tax planning and putting some trust and different things together. And I feel like, like most people, I was a novice when it came to trust, right? I've heard of trust and I know a lot of people use them, but I really didn't understand their value and what they did. So when you hear the word trust, what does that mean to you uh, specifically for business owners? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I it's a good place to start because I think trust honestly get a little overcomplicated. People hear trust and they think it's, well, that's for the wealthy people. That's for some offshore planning technique. Trust, I tell people not to overcomplicate trust. And I think the best analogy I've come up with is really just a corporate analogy. I think mo- more people are familiar with LLCs and corporations and partnerships. A trust is like any other entity, right? But instead of presidents and shareholders, you've got trustees and beneficiaries, right? But a trust is just an entity, a separate taxable entity like a Walmart, right? All Walmart does is own stuff, right? All Mm -hmm. a trust does is just own stuff. It's just not typically publicly filed. And if you want someone to manage it, you have to name a trustee, kind of like the president of Walmart. They decide what to buy, what to invest, how to manage it. And then if any money comes out of it, like with Walmart, instead of shareholders, you've got beneficiaries, right? And if I'm drafting a trust or a business owner is drafting a trust, right, they're in charge of all of that, right? They get to decide how to manage it, who's in charge, who benefits from it. And with business owners in particular, right, they need to decide long-term, while I'm here and running my business, how does that operate? After I'm gone, who's going to run it, own it, manage it, that kind of stuff, right? And so, Nick, why would they 
open up a trust and, and put things in a trust instead of just have their business own it? What's the value in that different relationship? Or is there a value in that different relationship? Well, sure. And so from a business owner standpoint, trusts work on largely on the asset protection and estate planning side, right? Yeah. So I think of on the estate planning side, I think of, right, the kind of basics, you know, who gets my stuff if I'm dead? You know, what happens if I'm incapacitated? What about asset protection and taxes? And so, you know, if I don't have a business, I tell clients, well, let's run through those things and think about what happens with all your assets. With business owners, I tell people, I tell business owners, run through that process personally and run through that with just your business, right? So if I'm dead tomorrow, who owns and controls that business? And then who manages it long-term, right? And a will just doesn't get you there, right? If I own a business, right, I don't have time to wait for probate or beneficiaries or kids to fight it out and worry about it. I've got an operating entity, right? Gotcha. So the primary benefit on the trust side to me for businesses is I need continuity, right? And I need management and control to keep going when I'm gone. So that, that, that's the primary benefit. And, and you and I, for you in particular, and some of Sarah's clients that y'all will chat next week, it's just the tax piece, right? Yeah. It, it's deciding when and how I want to recognize those taxes. Right. And so by, by flowing things through a trust, you can control the taxation on an annual basis um, Absolutely. Much, much better, almost to, to the dollar amount, yep. um, which I found a lot of dollar. In. And then, you know, now, Nick, as we've moved more and more into the business owner space and, and doing the premium finance cases, you kind of touched on this. One of the things that um, we're now sending a lot of people your way to one is to set the trust up to own, own those life insurance policies. But then second, they now have a, a large lump sum of money that could be very dangerous to, to children in, in, a, <laughs> in a lump yep. sum if something happens to them. And so just speak real quickly on just the control trust give you um, when you're gone in terms of your assets and, and how your kids can get them and why that's so important if you're starting to look at some of the premium finance things that we're doing. Well, absolutely. That, that, that's a great point. One of the primary, there are a million different kinds of trusts. Attorneys have a million different names for trust, but one of the primary benefits is, you know, if you're not, even if you're not worried about asset protection or taxes, it's that post-death control, right? The, the, the really the only way that I can control my assets after I'm dead is a trust, right? And so go back to the, that basic foundation, trust, trustee, beneficiary. When I write those words on paper, when I draft those trusts, I get to decide who the trustee is, who the beneficiary is, how long they manage it, when and how to make distributions. And I can make that last for my kid's entire life, for their grandkid's life. And so you know, if I'm quite, most business owners are concerned about what I hear, number one is control. And number two is legacy, right? I've built this thing my entire life. I don't want it to just drop off when I drop dead, right? And then most people, myself in particular, I've got a law firm. I'm, when I build this for the next 20 years, I don't want it to just go to waste. I'm building it largely for my kids and my wife and my family. And so I want that. And I don't want them to just... <laughs> cut a check and waste it the next day on some Ferrari, right? Or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, Hopefully I've done nice. a better job with my kids. Yeah. But on that sense, I, I can decide, you know, a certain amount per year or only if you get an education or only if you work in the business, you know, there are so many different ways that I can, you know, or a business owner can decide how and when to use that property after they're gone. So the, the, that's a, the control piece is what we hear the most. And taxes and asset protection are great, but how do I prevent my kid, that third generation, which is typically where stuff falls off from not, you know, killing themselves with the money I earned. 
Right. And so would you say that when, when uh, a lot of companies engage you, you know, when they sit down, are they, are they doing more of that right there, the estate and the, and the exit strategy planning? Or, or do you say maybe you're getting more engaged more on the tax side of business? Was it kind of all encompassing? Uh, that's a good question. Honestly, most of my business owners engage me on the tax side, right? Because as their business starts to grow, just like anyone, like even if you don't own a business, as you get successful and start paying your taxes, you get that first tax return. And you're like, wait a minute. Uh, I, wait, what? I have to pay how much to who? <laughs> and so we get in there. But honestly, most business owners do not think about the exit strategy, the estate plan. And I will bring that in and say, listen, we can, the tax piece is pretty easy to knock out. But realistically, if you are incapacitated tomorrow, how does this business keep running? So are your powers of attorney updated? Let's get a trust in place. And yeah, and after you're dead, who owns what? Or if you have a partner, is there a buy-sell agreement in place, right? How are, how are you making sure this business runs as long as you want it? Or I have business owners say, well, if I'm gone, the business is gone. Okay, great. But there's, there's still a transition that has to happen. There's still contracts that have to be. You've got employees, contractors, vendors. You know, Someone's going to have to come in and run that. So let's have a serious conversation about, do you care about your business? Do you care about your family? Well, there's a gap here because you're not thinking about the most important part of it. Right. You know, I, I think we struggle when we talk to a lot of these guys and gals as well. Is it's hard for them sometimes to get outside of the business. Uh, you know, they're, they're so, I mean, their business is their baby, right? And I get that. I mean, that's the same with myself and I'm sure that's the same with you. You get so mm-hmm. ingrained in running it and trying to make it the best and, and provide the best service or product for your clients that it's hard to get them to kind of get away from it and look at it, you know, almost from a cloud point of view and look down on it and be like, okay, how do I make sure this is all synchronized and running well without me? And can it survive without me? And what's that look like? Because I think the disability thing you mentioned it there is is a huge concern for a lot of these um, guys that that gets missed. Actually, let me rephrase that. I don't think it's a huge concern for them in their mind, but I think, (laughs) right. You know, because they just, they're grinding. I don't know, but when they step back, I have seen it. I'm sure you have seen it not be done correctly and the damage that can do to, to what they've built and what's been, what they're able to pass on. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you had a couple of, a couple of podcasts ago, a business coach on that, that to me sometimes is the value of when we will bring in the business coach to say, okay, if you drop dead or incapacitated, what happens in there? Clueless. Like, well, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't. Yeah. So let's, how do we create redundancy? How do we make sure you're not to go to for every single thing? How do we delegate certain things? And, Again, back back to that control piece. I mean, it, it's fun to talk about control and do things, but realistically, you cannot control everything. So how do we get business owner comfortable with, okay, how do we delegate when you're here after you're gone? It's okay not to do every single thing all the time. And Nick, what does that process look like? So a business owner is either referred to you, right, or has found you through some mechanism and they don't, they're like, man, I don't like, I don't have this taxation piece where, you know, maybe they're listening to this podcast. I don't have the taxation piece where they don't have that legacy where exit strategy kind of planning. So what what does that give them an idea of what that process looks like from when they meet with you until they kind of get that stuff set up? Is it a, is it a long process? Is it? Yeah. You know, it, it, for a motivated business owner, it's really not that difficult. I mean, I, I say motivated because to get them to this point, they've probably thought about it for three to five years before they finally set that appointment with the attorney. <laughs> And then they think, well, I set the appointment and I did that. Let's wait another year or two to implement. 
But but realistically, I mean, you can knock most of that stuff out in 30 to 60 days. But the process to me looks like, you know, let's sit down for an hour. Let's talk about what your current structure looks like. And when I say structure, I don't mean just the legal side of, hey, are you a corporation? Are you an LLC? Where are you registered? But internally, right, who are your owners? Who are your officers? What's your organizational structure? And then let's move into, okay, kind of like we've been talking about, what happens if this person drops dead? What happens if you drop dead? What happens if so-and-so is disabled? And then honestly, I mean, taxes are overcomplicated and there are hundreds of thousands of pages of tax code. Uh, but there are certain strategies that are fairly easy to implement and walk through. And that's, I don't say it's a sell, but that's the easiest piece to explain to clients because you just say, hey, here are all these structures. And whether they understand the trust or not, they understand, oh, I'm paying 50% less in taxes. That's great. But then getting them to think about, well, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to think about dying. I don't want to think about them. And honestly, I'll tell you the most motivating piece for a lot of people is if you bring their spouse in right? The non-CFO spouse is like, yeah, he's not worried about it, but I'm worried about it <laughs> for me and my kids and whoever, right? Right. Because yeah, they're going to be dealing with the loss of a loved one, right? And then if they have a company that's not properly structured, we're not prepared, then you add that onto a time that is already uncomfortable and rough. And honestly, what you see is the value of the business falls off really bad. Yeah. And so then they're not going to be able to get the full value of the business if they haven't set this up rightly, because they're going to be selling a distressed asset. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be unorganized and it, no one's going to be in charge and no one's really going to want to be in charge because she's not going to want to be dealing with it where he vice versa in that regard. So, well, yeah, and the employees or contractors are not going to deal with his wife who's never been in the business. So, or I'm whoever sure, yes. it is. Right. Do you, do you see uh, most companies have buy sell agreements set up? No, I would say 85 to 90% of people do not. Really? Yep. I mean, it's so, it's easier to explain or pitch, so to speak, when there's a partnership, right? Because it's, you know, I don't want to do business with your spouse or your kids. And so people can kind of think about it or how do we fund it with life insurance or value it, right? For the single owner business or, you know, I, I own 90% of it, it's a harder discussion, right? Not, not only to figure out a strategy, but think through like, well, who's going to buy it? Well, how am I going to get rid of it? No, I don't have a partner, like. That there are plenty of options for a single owner business, right? Third right. party employees or just maximizing the value. So to your point, even if she's just coming in to close out contracts or find a buyer, she's getting maximum value. I keep saying she, but the spouse gets maximum value for whatever you know you have built over the last 40 years or whatever it is. Right. And you kind of mentioned it there. One of the, not conundrums, but the hang up with a lot of this stuff is the cost of the insurance, right? No one wants to do that. And that's where some of the things that we've been able to bring to the table. And, you know, I know you've got some visibility of what we're doing now for individuals with, with the Cool Springs design yeah. and financing. And the premium, premium financing is phenomenal. And there's so very little reasons not to do that to me these days. I'm not, I don't want to <laughs> sell your product or pitch it, but it's, I mean, so the business owner to your point is like, I want to pay less taxes. I don't want to pay for it. Like I want to do a lot of marketing, but I don't want to pay for it. Like, okay, well, very few things I can promise that you're not going to have to pay for it, do you? But listen, I'm going to get you this giant lump sum of things and guaranteed income, and you're not going to have to come out of pocket for it. Hardly at all. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And it Just goes to your point cash. for that, for that single business owner, right? How do I, ma- like, how do I make sure I get the value of my business? Um, exactly right. 
because it's yeah because I she's it's gonna be typically that you are the business right in those situations so the, the, yeah. without you there isn't really the business but that's kind of what you spent your time and effort and money to build on to and to live off of. And so you've got to have some protection there. Nick, what are some other maybe pitfalls or some errors, areas of concern that you see when you look at typical businesses from, a, from an attorney perspective in terms of maybe structure for legalization purposes or different things that, that you just see? Like, what are some common maybe mistakes that you see in, in some of these? Well, in, in addition to the estate planning piece, like you know, those buckets, the I'm dead, I'm incapacitated, the tax, uh, it's kind of that asset protection piece and separating liabilities. Right. I mean, it's highly dependent on what kind of business you have. But, you know, a lot of people have corporations instead of LLCs or instead of limited partnerships. And so I think what a lot of people miss is just that additional layer of asset protection, whether it's just carving off a high liability asset into another LLC and leasing it back or just making sure that we don't have, you know, I met with a client the other day who's got, you know, six rental pieces of property, three are commercial, three are residential, but they're all in one big bucket. I'm like, well, different liabilities with the commercial property than a residential property. If someone, you know, a lot more people coming in and out of that commercial property. So it's just a matter of, hey, why don't we just carve this off into a different bucket? You're still in control. It's still you. Nothing really changes. But now if someone does something stupid on commercial property, I'm not putting at risk this $2 million bucket of residential property. And the business, any business has those built into it, right? Like a trucking company, let's separate the vehicles out because that's, you know, rolling liability. I don't want to mix that with all this accounts receivable and cash that you've got sitting in this big bucket. And neither do your employees, right? So let's, or if you've got a staffing company, let's separate out, let's, let's identify what's creating the liability, what's got the liability and make sure we're structured appropriately. So a single lawsuit doesn't unwind 20 years of practice, right? Yeah. So liability, I mean, a lot of clients have all their liability in one bucket when they could carve that out to protect other pieces of their business. Yeah. And it's the same thing as you were chatting about the kind of once business owners get going, you know, they don't want to plan or think about like, oh, I got to think of a new name for an LLC and I got a, a new stationery. <laughs> it's like, I hear the weirdest things that will prevent people from doing just I, I tell, listen, an LLC is a thousand bucks. That is super cheap insurance, basically. Yeah. You're ensuring that none of this cash mixes with any of this property. And it's just it's just a different bank account that you're going to operate out of. I'm not going to lie. Having to come up with all those entity names was a stress. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, man, how do I come up with all these? So, Nick, tell me your, your typical client. What size business? Do, do, do you kind of have that you would say is your kind of go-to or that you guys fit really, really well with? Yeah, I would say small to mid-sized businesses, revenues of five to $25 million. I would say we cap out, we're a smaller firm, so we cap out at about 50 to 60 million total. I'm happy to help anyone under, but you know, it's got to be a good fit. We've got to provide value and I'm happy to meet with anyone just to give them structure, but that, that's kind of our bread and butter. And Nick, if someone wanted to reach out to you, um, let's listen to this. How, how would they do that? What's the best way to get in contact with you? We email our phone. All of our contact is on the website. So 24-hour response policy, phone or email. So if you reach out, we'll respond to you. Just tell us kind of what you're looking for, what kind of business you run. We're happy to help. Excellent. Well, Nick, I appreciate you, uh, you coming on. As I mentioned at the beginning, Nick has been a great partner for us. We found him a couple of years ago and um, he has helped myself uh, and my family out greatly in my business. And uh, we have gladly referred over a number of clients to him and actually uh, planning on uh, doing 
a lot more. So when I speak highly of him, it's, it's not from, from no experience. So we know that Nick does great work and that if you reach out to him, he understands his stuff, he works diligently, and he can put you in a better place. So Nick, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm good to you, sir. All right, man. You too. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back in the next couple of weeks with another episode of the My Two Cents podcast. My name is Keith Beggs. I'm the founder and CEO of Steadfast Well Strategies. If you need to reach me, the number is 832-506-9034. Thank you for listening to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All securities discussed are offered and provided through Steadfast Financial Planning, LLC. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and or qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This podcast is not intended to provide specific investment, financial planning, tax, or legal advice. It is intended for educational purposes only. Please consult your tax advisor, financial advisor, or legal professional for specific advice on your specific situation.